0: Hey you, welcome to the Christian Life Coaching Podcast for Weight Loss. I'm so excited that you are here. Hey you, and welcome to the podcast. Today I'm going to share with you um, kind of a personal revelation, a new truth that God has brought to my attention that is freeing me to a new level, that is crucifying my flesh, to a new degree that is enabling me to step into greater empowerment through Christ in my life. And while it's going to be more of a personal testimony, I believe it's going to impress something upon your heart with regard to where you might be, right? Because we overcome and we step into freedom, we are released from the ways that we are held bondage in captivity, the ways that we are stuck in our lives in in all kinds of weird ways. But that happens as a result of hearing other people's testimonies, right? And I believe that my testimony today is going to help you in an area where you might be stuck so that you too can find the same freedom that God is God has given to me. So if you're stuck right now on your weight loss journey, I believe that sometimes you need to find the root reason for that stuckness, right? For me, I was stuck because I had a watered, because I had watered a weed in my garden, if you will. I had watered a weed that was a lie and I believed it. And I protected that lie. And it kept me from living free in like this beautiful garden that God had made for me. And it was all in my mind. It was all in my imagination. Like my life centered around this weed, around this lie. And now that weed is gone. It has been pulled from its root. God showed it to me and I've partnered with him to be dead to it by believing his word in all areas. Now, If you're stuck, I want to give you some symptoms of what it feels like when you're stuck. Okay, so these are signs, these are symptoms of feeling stuck. You feel overwhelmed, you feel exhausted, right? You feel directionless, hopeless, where you have no motivation, no purpose, no sense of achievement, maybe even worthless, a loss of motivation, Maybe you feel surrounded by conflict or alone or isolated, right? These are the things, those are the ways, those are the symptoms that begin to materialize and manifest in your life when you're stuck. And for me, I was stuck with something, right? God has been saying to me to be bold, to go out and boldly declare. And I felt stuck, like I couldn't articulate What it was that was keeping me stuck, but something kept me stuck. And it wasn't until today, like it's been unfolding. It's been unfolding. It's almost like God has been shining a light in this garden and showing me and highlighting this weed in my mind. And I knew the weed was there and I knew I needed to pull it out and get rid of it. And I know this isn't the way I normally talk, but this is exactly what God took me through today but I couldn't articulate what that weed was. I kept doing studies on being bold and courageous, you know, because the enemy a lot of times will keep me from being bold, will keep me from being courageous because he will believe he will cause me to doubt that what I'm hearing <clears throat> and reading in the word of God and applying to my life, even in weight loss and teaching women to apply to their lives, even in weight loss, he will convince me that it's wrong. You know, for the longest time, I had fear around sharing my truth that God shared with me when I first read James 4, 17, when you know what you should do and you don't do it, that is sin to you. God showed me that that applied to me even in weight loss. Like it applied to me in alcohol. It applied to me with overeating, with eating the foods I knew I shouldn't be eating. And I didn't want to tell other women that I had a revelation of willful sin And choosing sin over obedience because I thought it it felt wrong. Because it does feel wrong, right? And that's exactly the way the enemy likes it. (laughs) He didn't want me saying that. But here, even now at the age of 50, even after, you know, many years of Having a coaching practice and having a coaching program, and, um, you know, being a certified Christian life coach and of being a Christian and, you know, all of these things and being in the Word, there was still a weed in my garden that I couldn't figure out. I couldn't get my hands around it to even yank it, but something was holding me back. It was almost like it was a fence that was blocking me from being in the fullness of this beautiful place that God has me until today. And it was this one word in a lyric. The song is, I don't even know the name of the song. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I think it could be by Jesus Culture. I'm not even sure. But the word, there's a lyric in the song that says the word shame. Where my shame is undone. And this morning, as I listened to that song, because every morning, and I share this with you because I want you to be influenced by my Christian life for your Christian life. God has told me I'm a Christian influencer. That's not about me. It's about me to influence your Christian life because there's not a lot of the right influencers out there. Every morning I wake up and I go into my prayer closet and I like to listen to worship music as I just ask the Holy Spirit to awaken my spirit so that I can be more spiritually connected than physically hindered and connected to this world. And so this morning I was listening to that song because that song was in my heart as I woke up. And as soon as I heard that song and I was on my knees in my prayer closet about to start praying in the spirit, and as I heard that lyric, my eyes teared up. And I knew that was the weed in my garden is shame. Shame, right? And God was saying, Sherry, I want to reframe this in your mind and in your heart. I want to help you to be unstuck and to recognize that you are free and shameless. And my shame, first of all, let me tell you what shame is because I had to look it up in the Bible. It's a condition or feeling of humiliate. It's a feeling of being humiliated or humiliating humiliating disgrace or disrepute. It's something that brings censure or reproach. And dispute is to be held in low esteem. And censure is to express disapproval of someone. And reproach is disapproval or disappointment. Shame is to disgrace a loss of reputation. And the feeling of ashamed means to feel reluctant to do something through fear of being embarrassed or humiliated. And for me, this is exactly where I was. The enemy planted a lie in my life, in my heart, in my flesh, in my soul as a child, in a really benign way. Nobody intentionally hurt me as a child. It was the way that the enemy, somebody was used as a puppet to say what the enemy wanted to have spoken over me. I don't know if it's because the enemy knew God's will for me. I don't know that the enemy could know that. I just know that the enemy doesn't want God's will for any of us, and he will use anything to ensnare us. And at that time, the seed was planted. I was, I don't even know how old I was, I'll be quite frankly, quite frank with you. I was under 10, and I was at my aunt's house with my best friend, and she and I, um, you know, were only separated by six months. And um, she, you know, we both had long brown hair and brown eyes, and we were just birds of a feather. We loved each other. We had a, a wonderful youthful experience together, wonderful childhood. And she had gone with me to my aunt's house, and there we stood in our little, you know, 1970s outfits, maybe early 80s outfits, you know, the Terry Cloth um, sports shorts and little, um, Um, I don't know, little cute, little summer shirts and little tennis shoes. And, you know, we're looking forward to ET coming out as the summer movie and all the things. And both of us had our hair parted in the middle and two long braids and all the things. And I looked up at my cousin and I said, did you know that she and I, that we're twins? And he looked at both of us and looked me straight in the eyes. And he said, then how come she's cuter than you? And it was the beginning of the end for me. I had no awareness of cuter than me. I had no awareness of the world or, or of evil, right? In that moment, a seed was planted. And I remember how much that hit me because I, I, my poor best friend, I feel so bad for her. I went into my aunt's bedroom, into the master bedroom and shut the door and laid on the bed and cried myself to sleep while my best friend laid ne- sat next to me and that that weed took root and i'm not saying this this isn't about you feeling sorry for me or anything other than i want you to see how the enemy puts things in us that take root and a weed grew in me a seed of shame took form took shape inside of me and it kept me back. I became reluctant to do the things that I was meant to do through fear of being embarrassed or humiliated by how people saw me. Right? I felt disgraced. At that moment I didn't even realize I had a reputation to step into because I had I at that moment I lost it. And it completely began to define me. And so I just want to share with you the unfolding. As I've written it in my journal, I'm just going to read from my journal to you because I believe that this is going to free somebody. And so as I wrote out this morning, the definition of shame, like I shared with you, and I I wrote out, you know, ashamed and how it meant reluctance to do something through fear of being embarrassed. This is what I wrote. I see it now. I was weighed down with shame in order, and shame was used to weigh me down and slow me down for Christ if the enemy could get me to believe that I wasn't free then he'd win he convinced me that I was wrong before I ever knew that I could be right but I am right I am free from the wrong lie my shame led to my reluctance and it held me back I was reluctant to do things for fear of being embarrassed or being humiliated. My shame led me to be more concerned with others' thoughts about me than what I believed about me. They would see the real me, the ugly, the way I was not smart, the wrongness of who I was. And I collected rejections to support, to support and substantiate my beliefs that I was who I believed I was. And I wallowed in that identity for so long. But now I'm free. In the truth of who I am now, I am free in the truth of who I am in Christ. And the light has shown me the truth of the darkness, the lies. Genesis 2.25 says, And they both were naked, the man and the wife, and they were not ashamed. There there was no shame in the nakedness within the garden, before the tempter, I want to just pause right there. As I was journaling this morning, I just want to back up, and then I want to bring you into this Genesis scripture. God revealed to me that in my shame, I had believed not only that I was ugly, but that I was dumb, that I did not have the mental, that I didn't have the intellect to do what others could do. And therefore I created a life that supported that, that not only was I unattractive and therefore I couldn't be popular and I couldn't be bold and I couldn't do certain things, but I didn't have the intellectual mental fortitude to go out and be confident in my knowledge and to substantiate that something happened in my senior year. I won't go into it. It's a long story that happened in my freshman year, but In my senior year, I was the first class that if you didn't pass any one of the four core curriculum pillar, um, you know, uh, necessary classes such as math, English, I don't remember what they were, some, some science or maybe geography, I don't remember what the four were. If you didn't pass one, you didn't pass your senior year. And so for me, I didn't pass English. I, in fact, I failed my English final, which rendered me failing English. And it was my English teacher's decision whether or not, because it was the first class, our first, our class was the first class to have this rule, whether or not I could even walk in my graduation. And she said, no. And I didn't even get to walk in my high school graduation. And this isn't for pity. This is truth. I just want you to see this, right? And so... I started to substantiate and believe that I was dumb. And as a result, I started to feel rejected. I started to feel all of this shame of how I was ugly and now a flunky, you know, and all of these things. And I was flunked out and all, I just felt all of this like bitter root of rejection. And, and then from that, um, started to believe I was wrong, like i couldn't have a voice because i was wrong and i couldn't be confident because i was ugly and i know that sounds crazy but you probably can relate somehow like maybe you can't but this was this is what shaped me and isn't it ironic that god used the very thing flunking english not being not believing that i could write or read or discern or comprehend to be the very thing that got me free, that got my freedom, right? Because now I write for God and God has made me right. I'm not wrong, right? I'm beautiful in his eyes. And that has given me the confidence and the assurance of victory to know that I'm where I am and who I am and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So as I was journaling this morning, God reminded me of Of the shame that Adam and Eve felt in the garden prior, like before they knew about wrong, before they knew about evil, good and evil, they were not ashamed. But the minute evil walked in and caused them to doubt the voice inside of them, their, you know, God and what He had told them. Before that, they were not ashamed. After that, they were ashamed. And God revealed that to me this morning as I was reading the Bible, Genesis 2.25, and they both were naked, the man and the wife, and they were not ashamed, right? They were not ashamed before the enemy walked in or slithered in. The same from my childhood experience. I had no idea of good or evil until evil showed me evil. And then in my nakedness, I felt shame. So just like them, before my awareness, I'm just reading from my journal now, just like them before my awareness of evil, I had known freedom and joy to just be a child. I had no inward principle of evil. And remember, I teach that evil is anything meant to bring sorrow, anxiety, or misfortune. So inwardly, I didn't know evil and it came upon me outwardly, and it became a seed that took root, and I watered it my entire life. The simple lie that the enemy had planted caused me to doubt who I thought I was, just like Eve. I trusted just like her. I trusted the enemy. I doubted what God said, and I began a life separate from God. My innocence, my pure sense of self and confidence in what I knew within me had been replaced with guilt and shame. And from that point on, I had to rely on my inner conscience to distinguish between good and bad and right and wrong. And I trusted that I was bad. And I trusted that I was wrong. And despite trying, I could not undo the shame and guilt that I felt for believing that I was ugly and not smart and thusly wrong. And the words that hit me today are shame and wrong. Shame kept me from glorifying God. Believing I was wrong kept me from ever believing I could be right. No matter how much I righted wrongs, No manner of human acknowledgement ever convinced me that I was finally right until God. And now it's not for, now I don't do anything for humans to tell me that I'm right or to justify me. I do it now to just be right before God. My audience now is God. I don't care about humans anymore. Now it's not I do all of this not for human approval or blessings, right? It's through God. Through his blessing of faith and grace that I am enabled to see and to experience the truth. I am right. I am right in Christ. And because of Christ, I am I'm right. How do I want to say this? I'm right in Christ. I'm be, I'm right because of Christ and I am right for Christ. My life wasn't wasted. Rather, Christ is using me now and he's using all of the wrong that was done to me for my blessing and for his glory, right? This is Genesis 50, 20. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it, to bring it about as it is this day to save many people. God is using what was meant for my harm, for my good, for your good, for his glory. God brings good from evil for those who trust him. God has overruled evil. He's overruled sin that was spinning a lie that was planted in my heart. He has ripped it out from its root. This lie kept me reluctant. This lie kept me from being bold. This lie kept me trying instead of trusting. It kept me believing a lie instead of believing truth. My setback is my setup. I used to, I used to wonder why. Like I used to wonder, why can't I do these things? And I thought the way, I I used to wonder why like I would think the way I thought. I felt like deep down underneath, I knew the truth was there, but I didn't know how to get to it. I didn't know why I couldn't get through whatever it was. I didn't know why others' opinions mattered so much. Why I could never arrive where I was intending to go. Why I never answered The call that I knew was in my heart. And here's the thing, asking why, that never allowed me to have freedom. Why never answered anything. And now I know why. And I have better questions for God. My question for God is now, what now, God? Here's God's answer when I ask him, what now? Here's God's answer to me to my question of, God, what do I do now? His answer now is, be so obviously, filled with the Holy Spirit of God in all your ways. Be set apart, according to 1 Peter 13 through 16. I'm going to read that to you. Hey, really quickly, if you've ever thought about working with me, I encourage you to get into the Seeker's Method. The Seeker's Method is where I teach mind renewal, It's where I show you how to stop conforming to your patterns, to your sin nature, and to step into the true divine nature that is alive and available to you right now, where God's power comes alive to you so that you can truly be dead to sin, dead to the hindrances, dead to the things that perpetually weigh you down. If you are ready for mind renewal so you can step into restoring your health and being free indeed, then I encourage you, get into the Seeker's Method. Find the links in the show notes. Go to my website, sherrycapilla.com. Email me, coachcapilla at gmail.com. Whatever you can do, get into the comeback, something. You are not going to step into your transformation until you receive the renewing of your mind. If you want to be shown how to do this, how to appropriate your faith so that you might live in the fullness of God's promises to you now on earth, then it's time for you to start working with somebody who's figured out a way to implement this, to show you your ticket to freedom, to bring God closer, to correct your health, to correct what was used as a weapon formed against you. If you want to be shown how to step into the fullness of your faith to renew your mind, to be transformed, if you are ready, then I encourage you to find the links in the show notes, send me an email, like I mentioned, go to my website, do whatever you can do and start following the leadership of somebody who wants to influence you for Christ, even in weight loss. Now back to the show. All right. It's actually... 1 Peter 1, 13-16. This is a call to holy living. Ladies, I want you to hear that. We are called to be holy. You're never going to be perfect, but this life's journey is about perfecting what has been wronged. Okay? There is a call in your life and it is also requiring that you live holy. And this is what I teach in the Seeker's Method. This is what I coach when you work with me as a vip client or even when you get closer greater proximity through proximity coaching with me first peter 1 13 through 16 so prepare your minds for actions for action and exercise self-control put all of your hope in the gracious salvation that comes to you when christ when jesus christ is revealed to the world so you must live As God's obedient children, do not slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your old own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Get that. You must be holy because I am holy. Where are you not living holy in your life? And if you're in the thinner circle, you know that the way that you are made, the way that to live a holy life is to start pursuing righteousness by doing the right things. This is James four seventeen. When you know what you should do, do that. When you know what you should do and you don't do it, that is sin to you identify the right things that you need to be doing and then do those right three those right things not on your own through God's grace. Okay now so back to my journal. So that that's first 1 Peter 1:13 through 16. I hope this is landing on your heart. So my encouragement for you is to do what I now do. Live a consecrated life, a devoted life devoted to the truth, think on things above this for me this is how i will find freedom from the root lie that held me in bondage for 40 years the renewing of my mind has led me to freedom and it has transformed my life i mean i now know the perfect will of god for my life and and i know god's call on my life the perfect will for my life the perfect will of God on my life calls for surrender and submission and consecration, right? The Holy Spirit fills me daily as I, as I abide in God's word, as I trust in God's word, as I follow it, as I obey it in every single area through God's grace. I can do none of this alone. I believe that we are to be set apart and to live a consecrated holy life. And I can't do that on my own, right? Like as I'm sharing you right now, even at the age of 50, where I am as a certified Christian life coach with a promising life coaching practice, I don't do any of this without God's grace. When I try on my own, I fail. Even still, I had a weed in my garden of shame, of doubt, of self-condemnation, Daily, I die to myself and I live for Christ. My old self, get this revelation, revelation, ladies. This is from Galatians 2.20. I die to self on a daily basis and live for Christ. My old self has been crucified with him. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ in me. And so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God and I live by Faith. This is not because I'm special. It's because I believe. For me, I believe that the new Sherry, I believe the new version of myself began at 50, right? The new Sherry began at 50, consecrated, set apart, dead to sin, alive to Christ, submitted, surrendered, free, right? Like I willfully now present myself, willfully present myself as being alive from the dead. And my members are now an instrument of righteousness to God. Evil and sin no longer have dominion over me. I am free through God's grace. And it's through God's grace that I will boldly share the power of Christ in me so that someone else may find their way to the truth. So if you're stuck, you know, just kind of like the ways that I shared with you at the top of this podcast, if you're stuck, you sometimes need to find the root reason. And for me, I was stuck because I had watered a weed. I had watered a lie. I believed it. I protected it. And it kept me from living free in a beautiful garden. My life centered around that weed. That weed was a lie sent to keep me stuck, hindered, weighed down, blocked. And now that weed is gone, it's been pulled out, yanked out from its root. God showed it to me and I've partnered with him to be dead to it by believing. So what do you need to believe in order to be free? What lie have you trusted? What weed needs to be yanked from its root? Where are you still watering that weed i couldn't be beautiful or smart i couldn't even believe that i could be beautiful smart or right because i believed that i was ugly dumb and wrong unbelief is a snare find the root of your unbelief get unstuck live free now through christ who strengthens you even in weight loss